Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 82 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Uh, I was just going to say, we kind of missed a week there. If you don't follow our Twitter and you were wondering uh, where we were last week, uh, I got, unfortunately, very busy towards the end of the week there um, when we had planned to record an episode. Um, But yeah, ended up having uh, having a lot of work to do there at the end of the week. So uh, we decided to skip last week. We did still do predictions, though. I don't remember how I did. How did it, how did we do, Joe? Um, I think I want to say we both got three um, matches last week because I had yeah. picked. Um, for this past week or for the week before? Sorry. Um, for this past week. For this past week, yeah, uh, I had picked. Uh, we both had Dallas over Houston. Uh, I picked Seoul over Shanghai, and you had Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked New York over Chengdu, and you were the opposite of that. Yep. And I think our other one was we both had Philly over Atlanta. Yep. I I made the mistake of thinking New York would be bad against the Asian teams, and they were just good because they were playing Atlantic teams. But that was wrong because <laughs> uh, they three owed two teams this weekend. Uh, they really proved me wrong there. Um, but yeah, we since we missed week 11, uh, I say we just quickly go over that one because there were some interesting points there um, in the week. I mean, we had the first battle for L.A. at one point in which was we a cl- close game. Went to map five and the L.A. Gladiators ended up coming out on top. And still got salty on Twitter afterward. Oh, yes, I remember that, this now. That, that was this match, because LA Valiant played lots of Ash Torb, uh, mm-hmm. and still lost, but super interesting composition, and uh, uh, whether it was a meme or not, the Gladiators uh, players didn't appear to like it that much. Oh, no, they hated it. They really hated it. <laughs> I remember seeing that, and I was like, you you won. You should not be complaining on Twitter about something. Uh, but yeah, luckily, luckily enough for them, I guess that composition has not been has not been continued to be played but i i saw that it was annoying because there's just so many like automated like torb's turret and bob at the going at the same time is just like super annoying to deal with um yeah i mean you know the more we've seen ashley's last couple weeks it's um interesting to sort of analyze how you know she would actually get used in some kind of professional setting which is um I want to say it was like Sideshow describing it as, uh, you, you know, this, uh, you, you use Bob to, to turn the Rhine shield, basically, uh, <laughs> you know, to try to cause that kind of disruption that a torpedo route would accept it's a lot more mobile. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, there's, there's going to be a, a Boston Uprising video coming out soon that mentions um, our player, our players thoughts on, on Bob, um, and they really don't like him. Um, but but yeah it seems it seems like no one likes bob they would rather especially with ash coming out um or not ash uh echo coming out and her ultimate's just so innovative and great and it feels weird that bob is just like a big torp turret basically is what our players described it as so um (laughs) uh, yeah it would be and and they also said that ash if Ash had a better ultimate, she could be more game-changing. But we're seeing her more and more in these Overwatch League games, so they could be wrong here. Apparently, she's she is meta. <laughs> yeah, at least in uh, North America. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, that week we also got um, a lot of good Pacific matches, but uh, Dallas Fuel versus San Francisco Shock went to five maps. Uh, if you recall, last episode, Joe went all in on the Fuel, saying they would win this game. <laughs> and he was close. He was darn close to being it's, right. It's true. I was I was much closer than... Um than than I thought it was going to be. I, I mean, because sure, I was all in for the sake of the pick, but I think my last sentence that I said on that show was, you know, it's no way, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a super good match. I was really impressed. Um, uh, came down, I, I think, all the way to you know point three on control, um, and there's there've been like. 20 matches since we last recorded a show so trying to think about all these but uh, but, but I want to say you know that there were even you know several points during this series that like um, came down to like one or two things that Dallas could have taken it you know just if you know the coin had landed the other way uh, it was much more competitive than than we thought it realistically was going to be yeah um, I, I kind of remember this series I think fresh in my mind is the last week it's more fresh in my mind but I definitely remember watching uh, Matt Five for this one and um, it coming down to the wire. So it, w- it was a good series, and Dallasfield put up a fight. I've seen a bunch of tweets about Decay. I've seen a bunch of tweets about possibly in the MVP race. I think he definitely should be in the MVP race because I, I honestly think he is a huge, huge part of this team and a huge upgrade for this team. He's helping out a ton this year. Um, and as a Gladiators fan, I'm upset that he wasn't doing that last year. <laughs> that um, he left. <laughs> but yeah, he is super good this year. Yeah. I mean, other matches to highlight from uh, two weeks ago, week 11, um, Florida uh, got the 3-0 sweep over Paris, uh, which, you know, considered uh, pretty nice upset, particularly for you know, sort of a mid-table Atlantic team way with, with the way we've been thinking about him over uh, Paris, which has been doing pretty nice. Um, and then I guess the other big story is Shanghai. <laughs> with two, two, two three O's back-to-back days. Um, Hangzhou picking up one map in two series. It's, uh, it's It was an interesting uh, Pacific East um, in week 11, and even more so uh, last week. Yeah, we're starting to see a, a a nice little trend for Shanghai here because not only did they three zero both in both games in week eleven, they also did so in week twelve. Uh, and if you take a look at the standings, they are catching on up to Philadelphia Fusion. They're only one game behind them now, um, so it looks like they're catching up on that schedule. Every everyone seems to be even and out on games here, which is nice. Uh, nice to finally get to look at the standings page and be like, okay, yeah, most of these teams have played a similar amount. Of course, you still have like Soul Dynasty with only four games played, London with only five. Um, but a lot of these teams are, are are getting a lot of games in, which is nice to see. Um, so yeah, Shanghai possibly catching up to to Philly Fusion here on this on this big board. Of course, Soul Dynasty was up top for a while because they were three and zero, but they finally lost this week. But as far as week eleven, I. The only other thing I have to say is this was the week they tried Thursday Friday out. Clearly, that didn't. <laughs> they didn't like it because uh, they have announced the next three weeks and there are no Thursday Friday games. Um, it's so true. Sticking to Saturday yeah. Sunday. Yeah, I wonder if. Uh, well, I, guess I was gonna say I wonder if part of it was you know the uh, Pacific teams didn't want to have to play you know back to back matches like they have it set up, but I guess they would do that anyway. 
Uh, it's just more obvious when it's um, when they spread out the Atlantic matches. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, but yeah, we. I mean, Joe has some uh, games to rewatch and MVP to give out. I, I unfortunately didn't do mine last week, so I don't remember this week well enough to give mine out. So Joe will do it on his own. That's good. Yeah. So I had uh, just wrote this before uh, before we rescheduled our uh, show from last week, but. Uh, yeah, we always pick a match rewatch and an MVP for the week. So the match to highlight, we sort of talked about it already. Obviously, the this Dallas Shock match um, on on that Saturday of Week Eleven, uh, super cool, super close. Um, good watch if you're a fan of either team. Um, and then uh, the MVP that I had awarded actually was a double award uh, for Week Eleven, um, which there were certainly some big names uh, in these matches that um, were like uh, they're big names in the matches that we that like significantly contributed to their team's victory. Uh, but I sort of took a little bit of a different approach. Uh, for my MVPs, um, and I wanted to highlight the Sigma play in particular of Note and Gargoyle uh, from Dallas Fuel and Florida Mayhem, uh, respectively, uh, that they were just on point. Uh, both of those matches, uh, Florida Paris and Dallas Shock from Week 11, um, that if, if you're an off-tank player, you know, you can probably uh, pick some stuff up from them, absolutely. But uh, both of them looking really nice. Uh, and, I mean, both those teams looking really nice, too, as a result. I agree. Um, I guess I could give my mastery watch, which I'll just do the other five map game from the week. Uh, LA Gliders, LA Bound, Battle for LA, um, which was also very nice, even though it included a composition that um, really made the Gladiators mad. Um, but yeah, that was that was week 11. Week 12, of course, happened as well. And this was a, a real 3-0 week. Um, every game besides two of them were 3-0s crazy but we got a lot to, we got to see a lot of first we got to see soul dynasty in action for the first time in a while nyxl in action for the first time in a while and this time uh they have moved to the they've moved to the pacific division basically the asian division so they are playing against hangzhou spark they're playing against guangzhou charge this week and um are not hangzhou spark chengdu hunters and guangzhou charge and they 3-0'd both of them despite me thinking that they wouldn't uh, give a good performance this week. Uh, they did look very dominant. Um, so, yeah, NYXL, they're still pretty good. Next week's going to be the real test for them, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly think so. Um, they, yeah, I mean, in New York, you know, it's like they it's like they didn't have the break. Uh, you know, they came off with... Um, because they played semi recently, didn't they? As I scroll back through back matches, I guess not. It's been several weeks. I don't know what team I'm thinking of that like took one or two weeks off. I think it's um, Soul did, and, and was a little rusty looking at the at the start. Um, but yeah, New York coming back really nicely, um, and yeah, I mean, looking looking really comfortable. Yeah, um, I I mean, you guys all know I didn't expect it because I picked Chengdu to beat him, but. Um, uh, yeah, I, now looking back, it's like, yeah, they're pretty good, I guess. Um, <laughs> besides that, we did get their turn of soul, like I mentioned before. They 3 0 Hangzhou Spark, looking pretty good. I mean, when we saw Soul this season before, we were like, okay, this team's going to be pretty good. This is not your usual Soul dynasty. I still think that after this week, um, because I, because I think uh, them losing to Shanghai 3 0 says more about Shanghai than it does about them. 
I think it says that Shanghai is the team to beat this year, Joe. Do you agree with me or do you not? I think Shanghai is the best team in the Overwatch League right now. I mean, yeah, without a doubt, certainly the best team to beat in the um, like Pacific region that we're looking at right now. Uh, as we go into week, what is it, where are we on now? 13. Um, and there are only two competitive regions. I think that's um, going to make that even clearer um, for those teams that are that are out east versus the teams that are staying in the west. I mean, um, um, Philly Fusion obviously is the other team up there that's um, just having lots of success um, as an Atlantic team in particular. But uh, yeah, if if and when they ever play each other, yeah, I, I really don't know um, how it's going to go. I mean, Shanghai has dropped four maps all season. You know, after after um, nine series now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, with most of those three O's over some pretty solid teams, I mean, um, you, you, this Seoul match in particular was a really big one. Um, that I, I want to see, you know, Shanghai, New York. I want to see Shanghai, um, pl- Shanghai, New York is of course next week. Uh, I, I want to see, you know, Shanghai, Vancouver potentially. Although I guess they've uh, moved down to the region now, but Vancouver is a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, Shanghai. Um, absolutely yeah the team to beat um and you know if we if we never get if we don't get uh, a shanghai philly match until you know some some postseason run i think that'll be a, a real shame yeah i'm i i'm excited for that eventual matchup uh, because those two teams are looking like the best teams here uh i'm excited to see how shanghai does against new york because that will show us how they might do against philly as well since we've seen new york philly already um I mean, I guess it won't show us that much because Philly absolutely dominated New York as well. Um, so if Shanghai, I guess, loses to New York, then Philly will be more of a clear number one to me at that point. Um, yeah, because the only other team we haven't seen that much of is Vancouver, who I th- who I think is that's a weird situation. We have no clue what's happening with them. I mean, I don't think we've talked about it too much on this podcast, but. It's like it's weird how all this is happening, and we're getting we're no we know nothing about it, and they haven't been scheduled to play a game in a while, so it feels like something's definitely happening, um, and we just don't know. We're just in the dark on Vancouver, um, and then of course there's the shock, who I mean they're the defending champions, so um, they've lost a couple games. They looked a little shaky at some point. Uh, in the season one week specifically but every other week they've looked super dominant as well so um yeah you gotta go back and and find the the missing link right for whatever the hero bands were that week and (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically um but yeah that just seemed like a little bit of an off week we've we've seen it even last year from shock shock has off weeks every once in a while but when they need to win uh they absolutely can do it so um but yeah, speaking of all those teams I just mentioned, uh, Philadelphia Fusion played Atlanta Rain and 3-0'd them, made it look easy. Uh, week to week, we're, Philly's just the best team in Atlantic, right? It's hard to see. Now that New York's gone out of there, it's hard to see them losing again. And Paris lost one of their best players. Like Now it's looking like a mayhem is the only one who could challenge them based off their yeah. recent, recent winnings. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... Uh, the- uh, I guess Paris still has uh, Sparkle, who isn't of age yet. But oh, yeah. I'm not sure exactly. Not sure exactly when that'll be. Um, maybe he'll 
have some stream shenanigans um, on I whatever match that he, whatever match that he's uh, able to to start joining the team. Uh, speaking of which, we still haven't seen Chipsa. Uh, speaking of stream <laughs> shen- speaking of stream shenanigans, but uh, but yeah, Philly over Atlanta um, didn't. I mean, like most of the other matches this week, um, wasn't very close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, like Philly's just. Like, I don't, I, even they announced um, a tournament in May that's going to be happening that we'll talk about more later in the show. Uh, but it's, I mean, luckily, it's not only going to be uh, the Atlantic division because I think Philly would dominate that easily. Luckily, we're getting all of North America playing each other. Uh, so we might get to see Philly versus San Francisco in the championship or something like that, which would be very exciting in my opinion. I want to see... I want to see Philly play more of these top teams. I'm honestly getting bored of them. Like you and we thought Atlanta was going to be a top team, and they're just three zero in them. Um, <laughs> so I do want to see them face New York again against Seoul, against Shanghai, against San Francisco, and we get to see San Francisco. So I'm excited for that. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of San Francisco, they three zero the Valiant this week. Um, Really, just at this point, they faced the Valiant twice now since they lost to them in that crazy upset, and they continue to dominate them and let everyone know, hey, San Francisco, that that, that loss was a little bit of a fluke because <laughs> uh, we'll just dominate the LA Valiant every week from now on. Yeah. Would I uh, give a quick shout-out to uh, Notes Mom on Twitter? Uh, oh, yeah, at- she, just, she just liked the tweet. <laughs> At underscore Mama Note, um, yeah, we tweeted at our MVPs, and already um, she's found and liked our tweet. So wow. shout out to Notes Mom. <laughs> shout out to Notes Mom for liking our tweet. Hope you listen. Hope you're a listener to the pod. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, let's see what else we got. I, I mean, we ended the week with a banger, Joe. The 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 battle for Texas, Houston versus Dallas. We hadn't seen it this year yet. Um, and Dallas had just come off of almost beating the San Francisco Shock. Uh, and I think everyone came into this match thinking, okay, Dallas is clearly a step above Houston here. They almost beat San Francisco. Uh, but Houston gave them a run for their money. 3-2. Uh, went to five maps. They did not look bad at all. This was one to remember, right, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um I think this match actually was, was the Dallas match I was thinking of that um, th- that they that could have slipped out of their fingers lots of different times. Um, I mean, you you think about um, th- th- like the moment you think about is uh, Muma on Route 66, uh, two ties with Primal um, right at the end of the map. Um, you, you know, unfortunately, um, pretty pretty uh, definitively could have cost them this the map. Um, and you know, by extension, this series, but um, yeah, lots of times this uh, could have gone either way. I think Dallas um, playing a little more. I don't. I don't necessarily want to say consistently, but um, you know, potentially riding some of that momentum. Um, yeah, like we talked about from last week. Um, and Houston, of course, has always been a team that has. Um, we talk about teams that like play to. Um, the, the strengths of their opponents. Um, I think Houston is, is definitely one of those teams. 
Um, just like in terms of when they play when they play Boston, they go to seven maps. When they play Dallas, uh, they go to five maps. You know, it's uh, it's it's sort of a constant, I think, for that team um, and some others too. But but Houston uh, for sure, I think, in this scenario. Yeah, I, this was a, a lot better match than I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought Field 3-0 this match, but Houston came out looking good. At, at times, Muma looks really good. At other times, Muma looks like he's losing the game for his team, which is interesting. Um, yeah, Houston Houston this year is a very interesting team. I, honestly, I think their players, they've got some good ones, but they've got some players I still players I'm confused as to why they're still in the Overwatch League um which makes me think Harsha coming in as the head coach this year has has really sparked something in him I I do think he's a pretty good head coach based off what I've seen from Houston this year they've been able to pull out some wins I didn't think they would be able to with the talent they have so um of course Harsha was a an assistant coach for the Titans last year uh moved to head coach for Houston this year I like what I've seen from him so far this year. I like I did not expect these players to be putting on getting some wins and getting some close games against someone like the Fuel who I think have been looking pretty good this season in comparison to past years. So, shout out to Harsha. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean when you've when you've got a match you can watch uh Somber Dive v Somber Dive. I mean that's that's something we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, super exciting. Uh, Battle for Texas, and this is our uh, both of our match to rewatch from week twelve. Yep, um, and both of our MVP comes from the from the match, uh, the Shanghai Dragons versus the Seoul Dynasty. Um, because I, I mean, I specifically chose Fleta because he showed up against uh, his old team, the Seoul Dynasty, and three would them, uh, looking very dominant um, as my MVP. Fleta is my MVP of the week. Uh, and Shanghai getting an absolutely huge win, a huge 3-0 against Seoul Dynasty, a team everyone thinks is at the top as well. Uh, just proves that Shanghai Dragons might be a tier above all these teams at the top as well. Um, and Fleta proven, proven he can be good no matter where he is as well, which, yeah, he's had a really nice season so far. Okay. Um, what else is there in this week? I guess there is Florida, Boston. If you want to talk about that, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that was, uh, I believe they said the quickest Overwatch League match ever. Um, it was something like twenty-four minutes of game time, uh, which was, uh, well, I don't, know, I don't know if I want to say that for sure. I want to say it was longer than one map. Is 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 or shorter than, uh, like the longest map ever, uh, Pro- yeah, <laughs> in, in the Overwatch League. Probably. Um, I, I think it was like a Junkertown round that went to like six or eight points. Um, but yeah, th- that whole series was was shorter than the longest map in the league. But yeah, um, not not super uh, <laughs> not not super helpful uh, for Boston certainly. But yeah, looking really nice. Um, if you're Florida, I mean, that's, that's the, the short version of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Um, anything else to say about this week? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we've got, uh, 
sort of it's the end of an era now because of course next week Echo is unbanned, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk about later, and so she'll she'll make her mark on the league I'm sure in week thirteen. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm excited to see Echo this week. I'm really excited. I want to see what I, I want to see what the teams do with her. Uh, okay. To get into the news, we got a lot to catch up on, of course, uh, including Vancouver's troubles, which we mentioned a bit earlier in the show. But if you haven't heard, well, I'll go through the specifics right now. Basically, um, all the Vancouver Titans players have removed any notice of Vancouver Titans from uh, from their Twitter bios and stuff like that, uh, from their ban- Twitter banners. No, yeah, they've just all ditched it. It seems like there's some turmoil happening over there in in Vancouver. Um, I, no one still, still nobody knows what is happening, Joe. Like this news, I feel like this news has been going on for like two weeks now, and nobody knows exactly what's happening. No one knows exactly why all these players don't want to be affiliated with them anymore. Everything's blowing up. Um, some people have guessed. It's be, it's the bumper thing. Some people have guessed they're just not treating the management isn't treating the players right. I don't know. I I personally have no clue. <laughs> um, and I don't think anyone does. Any everyone just sees all this and they and they're thinking to themselves, uh oh, this team might be just disbanded at this point because no one wants to be on it anymore. Um, which I have never seen in sports and anything. I've never seen anyone. I've never seen just a franchise team just lose all of its players or something like that. So that'd be crazy if everyone just leaves the organization and they have to like go find um, some K- Korean contenders players or something really quick. Um, <laughs> just, just casually, just like, hey, you wanna, <laughs> you wanna hop on this team here? Yeah, we kind, of, we kind of have zero players. We need some people here. Yeah, I don't, um, you you don't know, you don't know what to make of it. Yeah, this. Um, I mean, we. Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, Vancouver. They're coming out of what two or three weeks, playing in the Pacific region, um, and now hopping back over to Atlantic. Um, that's you know sort of relevant with, with this too. Probably nobody knows, um, but you know maybe you know why are they coming back to, Canada presumably or L.A. or wherever. Uh, it's yeah <laughs> nobody knows and nobody's telling us either which is yeah yeah i, I have no clue <laughs> um yeah like i literally like <laughs> i just don't know what to say about this besides like something big's obviously gonna happen soon and that's scary i, I guess we can <laughs> throw in uh you know neptuno did an ama on reddit um, a few days ago, I don't know how many days ago exactly. Um, but partly in response to, um, or it, it was a couple of days after the news about uh, Guangzhou came out, which we'll talk about later. But uh, somebody asked him about Vancouver too, and he said um, that, it, that he said he he knows what's going on, or he thinks he knows what's going on, um, and everything's going to be fine, is what he said. Um, oh. So that's that's something i guess <laughs> if you're interesting t- everything's take a little, take a little consolation from neptuno but yeah dang everything's gonna be fine neptuno eh 
Uh, I hope so. I certainly hope so for Vancouver's sake because obviously they had the second best team last year, uh, made it to the championship, and I guess that wasn't good enough. I have no clue what's going on, but hopefully everything's fine. Um, next piece of news is our uh, is our boy Quartermain. Quartermain is back, Joe. He, oh my! Oh my! <laughs> oh my! He is back. Our favorite rapper. Of course, if you if you hadn't been listening to our podcast before, we when Quartermain was signed by the London Spitfire um, <laughs> back last year, we discovered uh, uh, Quartermain's rap um, from back in the day that I think OGN made him do, and it was fantastic. He is a great rapper, and now he will be a great coach for the Shanghai Dragons. Um, uh, as a playing coach is what they're calling it alongside Kong, who is joining as an assistant coach. Um, yeah, more coaches. I mean, the only, the, I feel like the only reason we're including this is because Quartermain, but yes. I mean, that's literally why. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you have an excuse to play uh, that song at the end of the show again. Of course, I will load it up <laughs> as I usually do. <laughs> uh, just have it on, have it, have it ready, at the ready, whenever I need it. It's, it's a fantastic song. Uh, Joe mentioned the Guangzhou Charge news with Neptuno, uh, and unfortunately his visa expired, so he's going to be leaving Seoul, and uh, it's looking like he's not going to be able to play in matches until he returns to the to the Asia region. So, going to be hard. Unless he for wants him. to play on Spain ping, I guess. Yes, unless he <laughs> unless he really wants to play on that Spain ping. Um, so yeah, no Neptuno for Guangzhou Charge for a bit here because the visa issues must be hard to get visas right now. Maybe the hardest time to get them. Yeah. Which uh, leaves uh, Guangzhou, I, th- I want to say, with just six or seven players. Uh, I think seven because they got three DPS, uh, two sports left, two tanks. And yeah, that's... Uh, you're going to have to be pulling their weight, I guess, <laughs> these next few matches. I know the feeling, Guangzhou. Um, I know the feeling over here in Boston. Yeah. Um, the next piece of news is insane. <laughs> uh, and it feels kind of wrong not to lead off the show with this because, like, this was just, like, it. If it uh, this news affected me, Joe, for, like, a good, good night. I was like, what is happening? Uh, but Sinatra, the MVP... You probably heard it. He's no longer in the Overwatch League. He's no longer on San Francisco Shock. He is already on the Sentinels playing Valorant. Uh, yeah, it, he's gone. The MVP, before his skin even came out, uh, has left the Overwatch League. Immediate reaction that you had, Joe. I mean, it's 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 weird. Uh, it's, it's a lot of, and I guess you know, not weird for him because you know it sounds like it's again with lots of these roster changes and, and players leaving the game and players going other places. You know, it's always you know because like that's what's that's what they've decided is is good for them and that's you know that's fine, that's valuable, that's you know what needs to be done. But yeah, in, in the meantime, it leaves. Uh, I mean. You just sort of have to talk about it. It leaves the league, the game, in a really weird position uh, where, yeah, you're right. Season 2 MVP um, doesn't yet play half the season um, and decides, yeah, no, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm bored. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Um, uh, and, you know, yes, there are 
um, you know, other players that could claim the title of, you know, the face of Western Overwatch. Um, and, you know, someone argued that Sinatra was never um, the, the, the one person in that position. Um, but, yeah, the, to have certainly the highest profile um, out of okay, these pros who were, you know, leaving and, and, and making these kinds of changes. Um, it, yeah, so when, upon some of my reflection, you know, I was thinking... You know that eventually, you know, this is going to happen to literally every single player, right? You know, whether it's you know next year or three seasons from now or you know whatever. Assuming the league is still around, um, you, you know, what are you going to do when? Uh, I'm trying to think of an old player like Harry Hook or Neptuno is kind of old, uh, but, but like they don't even have the <laughs> you know some of the the star power that somebody like Sinatra does. But uh, you know that these these players are just by necessity going to leave and when you have um a, a contender scene when you have a, a tier two tier three you know the path the pro um is just literally just being overgrown as we speak um less and less traveled um by professionals or you know uh, aspiring professionals um the you know what happens when um, you know what happens when that dries up is, is a question that is sort of fear mongering and sort of, um, sort of. Uh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to use. Is it like the domino effect. You know, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. Uh, escalating the situation, you know, beyond where where we are or probably will be for a while. But it's yeah, it's, it's still uh, uh, is is brought to mind by some of this news, and I think that's more of a testament to, you know, the way uh, the effects Sinatra's had on the game um, <laughs> than anything else. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just the fact that he's the MVP that everyone is just like wow, like the best player in this game just left. <laughs> just said this isn't worth my time anymore. Um, but I agree with you on the tier 2. Like the tier 2 scene this would be fine if the tier two scene was also fine because then then actual talent could be could replace Sinatra one day. But it seems like the up and coming talent are just giving up on the game. They're the ones giving up on the game the most because the tier two scene is just not supported at all, basically, by Blizzard. Um and and in the last, you know, two or three months, how many academy teams, how many contenders teams have just, you know, we can't have a team sorry <laughs> it's literally just it's only uprising academy's the only one left in north america like there's no other no other overwatch league team has has a tier two team anymore besides boston that's it um and that's i mean that that's huge uh because though the orgs having academy teams was that was huge because they can actually like afford to pay those players and give them food and housing and stuff like that. So Blizzard really wanted Overwatch leagues to take the helm on that. They wanted them to financially support the players. Um, but clearly none of, none of the teams are getting any return on that um, because of, I mean, it, it was always weird to me. Like I thought there were, I thought the team's return would end up being like, Oh, we get, access to these players like these will be our players one day and that's why we want to have an academy team that's good 
because this these are our future players. These are our players that either are under 18 and can't play yet or or just um, taking someone over 18 and isn't quite good yet, but we're making him better. And then he'll eventually be on our regular roster. But that did not seem to be happening that much. I don't know if it was the rules. I don't know if it was the teams themselves. Um, but like if it was more of like an MLB type thing where those tier two teams were legitimately like almost guaranteed to be their players one day, um, I, I think it would have worked out a lot better because because these Overwatch League's teams would have financially supported those players more and there would have been more money put into those into the uh, contender scene if if those players mattered more. But it seemed like all the players would just end up on different teams than um, than the academy. Like a bunch of Fusion University players were didn't end up on Fusion. Fusion did get a bunch of them, but a lot of them weren't. Um, and it seemed like maybe that was what they used it for. They used it not to make their team better, but rather to sell the good players that they got from their academy teams. Um, that's at least what Fusion sold a bunch of their players for money. So it, it, the contender scene is weird. It's messed up. And I, I don't know. A bunch of esports orgs right now are just all in on like esports is it's moving from one game to the next. So let's just let's just sell all these players for money. You know, Wait, let's not win, which sucks. That's not what you want in an esport. Uh, but yeah, besides. Besides that, I, I don't know. It, uh, uh, it's crazy how someone retiring gets us all the way to this conversation. But, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you you, you kind of want to pull it back after that conversation to be like, you know, one player left, um, <laughs> and and he left before his uh, skin came out, and so <laughs> it makes you wonder. Um, uh, just sort of. Um, speculate you know is that going to mean that they're going to sell more of those skins or fewer <laughs> now that yeah. now that the player we're based on doesn't exist anymore or do they just like repurpose it to be something else at this point like i well yeah, it, they give they give uh super risk <laughs> yeah like I, I don't know like if you release a sinatra skin it's going to confuse people they're going to be like people who don't pay attention as closely they're going to be like they're going to think sinatra's still in the league <laughs> when he's not yeah um, but yeah, if you, if people out there haven't, I watched some of Sinatra's stream after the news came out and he, he went into depth on some things and basically said like he just lost passion for the game. Um, and he's, he's not a fan of hero pools. He's not a fan of two, two, two that much. So he, he, he lost passion for it. Um, I, I kind of am in agreeance on the hero pools thing. It is a lot to keep up with. Because there's a new meta every week, and you're like, who's good now? I don't know. Um, it's mostly been pretty consistent as to who's good. Uh, but sometimes you're just thrown for a loop, and you're like, what's happening now? It was nice to have a meta where you like... It was nice. I Someone mentioned on Reddit the other day, like, I have nightmares thinking about, like, thinking about the Shanghai Dragons winning... Um, the stage three championship using triple DPS um, without two, two, two being in place yet. Uh, because if we recall, if you don't recall, and now I recalled after reading that comment, like um, right at the end of goats, right at the end of no two, two, two lock, 
the meta seemed to be evolving, <laughs> um, which is crazy to think about because we had goats for such a long time. And then Shanghai Dragons came out in triple DPS and won the whole stage. Um, and yeah, it is interesting. I would like to know if that if goats would have just died to triple DPS if 222 had came into place. Um, would have been interesting. Uh, but I still am a... Like, I, I could not play Overwatch anymore without 222. 222 brought me back to playing Overwatch. It might not be that great for Overwatch League for some people, but without 222 in, in the normal Overwatch game, like, I would not play it anymore. It was so frustrating playing on awful team comps and losing, like, basically at the start of the game. <laughs> it's, it's hard to, you know, think back about <laughs> what it was even like before then. And that yeah, was only... It was awful, uh, Joe. It was awful back then. Don't remember. Only about a year ago, probably, right? Yeah, less That's than a year. Less than a year, because it came out like June last year, I think. So, uh, but it feel like it feels like a normal part of it. Like it just felt like the natural evolution. Lightly, Legends did it eventually. Like it just it is. It should be in the game, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it, for I don't know. I think. Hero Bands is more interesting. I think they're going to reiterate on it somewhat. I mean, the league is not getting that many viewers. It's a lot to keep up with. Like, I think they're going to realize, oh, maybe Hero Pools isn't the answer um, and try to figure something out. I, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot to talk about with Sinatra leaving, obviously. <laughs> I mean, because Valorant's out now. Even Slasher tweeted, like, this isn't, this isn't going to be the last one. This isn't going to be the last major player to leave. There's going to be more, um, at, at least from what he's heard. Uh, so, I mean, this is probably the most major player you could lose. So I don't know how uh, how much major you could get here. But if it's another major player, we know for sure it's none of the Philly Fusion players because they have come out in interviews and said that they don't like Valorant, specifically Poco and Carpe. It's true. So we, we know it's not them. <laughs> Uh, but I would imagine if you're on one of the best teams, you're not going to quit <laughs> at this point. You're like, yeah, I'm loving Overwatch. I'm, de I'm destroying these fools. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anything else to say? But anything else to say? I know we've said a lot already. <laughs> I mean, I guess Shock's got some money now, uh, now that Mr. 150K is out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, maybe in the future we'll have somebody step up be Mr. 200K. Yeah. It's hard to say. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. Um, <laughs> so we got last week, we got an experimental card that we were going to talk about on our last week's show that actually, I think today went live, right? Um, I believe or so. Yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yesterday. Yesterday today. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's the CC reduction experimental card that is now live. Um, so Joe Patchman, if you want to start going into the CC reduction, absolutely. Yeah, we uh, skipped the PTR entirely on this one. Oh, but that's okay because they must have decided they liked um, some of the effect that this had. So this is uh, 1.47.1 for whatever reason. Uh, they're not going all the way up to 1.48, although this is more balance, um, more balance than we've seen uh, on some other full patches. Um, although I guess that's because the PTR currently is 1.48, um, so they wanted to, uh, you know, include that change as well. But um, uh, we got six hero changes. So 
uh, first of all, it's uh, all re re aimed at reducing uh, some of the effects of CC. So we'll start with on a sleep dart, for example, uh, where the sleep duration has been lowered from six to five seconds. Um, and obviously, that's before you get, um, or th th that's without um, you getting uh, awakened by a Winston uh, who just jumps on you for no reason. Uh, May's primary fire, our endothermic blaster, the duration of the freeze that she can give you from that has been lowered from 1.5 to 1.3 seconds. Um, and Blizzard, which also obviously causes a freeze, that freeze duration, uh, no, excuse me, the ultimate duration itself, has been lowered from 5 uh, to 4.25 seconds. Um, so that's a couple uh, nerfs to May in a row, I believe. Uh, to her left-click freeze, which is pretty significant. Uh, McCree's flashbang, uh, stun duration lowered from 0.85 to 0.7 seconds, uh, which notably, I believe, means you can only get one shot off uh, while your target is flashed, as opposed to two. Uh, Reinhardt's Earth Shatter uh, was, uh, didn't escape the nerf hammer as its locked, uh, knockdown duration. Uh, has been lowered from three to two and a half seconds uh, for all the people you catch in your shatter. Uh, Roadhog's whole hog actually increased its knockback uh, by twenty percent, which is also pretty significant. Uh, this is the the one you know quote unquote CC buff in this patch, uh, <laughs> and had the Sigma's accretion. Well, I guess this this is a buff too. Uh, Sigma's accretion the. Uh, the duration of the knockdown you could get from that is now a fixed 0.8 seconds. Um, in the past, it depended on how far away you were. Uh, that if you if you landed a, a yeet um, on your accretion, you'd get a much longer knockdown, uh, akin to Earth Shatter. Uh, whereas if you, you were like point blank hitting him with the rock, it would be more like a flashbang. Uh, but now it's a, a fixed 0.8 seconds. Uh, and the cast time has been reduced from 0.75 to 0.65 seconds. Uh, so you shoot that out a little faster as well. Uh, on the experimental card, also, there was a change to Brig, uh, reducing her shield bash uh, stun time a little bit. Um, but that evidently was not put onto live for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, CC. Yeah, I don't know. Some of the CC they targeted here, Joe, I'm... I wasn't upset with before. Like sleep dart is a big is a is, is like a skill shot. I don't. I've never. I've never really heard anyone talk or complain about sleep dart. Um, and then earth shatter. I don't mind either because it's an ultimate, so I don't really care. Like the most annoying CC in the game is something that's on like a short cooldown, um, like brig bash, I guess. But but like he, like they didn't nerf that because I feel like that is like her kit. They can't like she is the CC champ or the CC hero basically. So that's true. Um, and I also don't mind flashbang that much. Like it, it feels I obviously mind May a lot. Um, so I'm glad <laughs> they nerfed that. But it seems like they targeted stuff that I don't really mind that much as CC in the game. Like flashbang is a very big part of McCree's kit and a very big part of who he is. Uh, and it only, it doesn't really affect that many people and it's distance isn't that long. So it's not that annoying. Like you really have to be up in McCree's face to get flash banged. Um, and yeah, it seems like some weird targets for the CC, but I'm I like, I'm I guess I'm fine with it because CC is annoying. So yeah, I, I won't I'm, complain. I won't I'm, complain. A little, I'm a little surprised. Um, 
like for example doomfist escaped some of this yeah um which again you know maybe he's they're just um you know fine with like the position that he's in um but it's just interesting um that, that that didn't happen for example which is like this is kind of like a but because like flashbang it counters him like stuns counter doomfist as well so the, the fact that they didn't nerf him alongside is kind of like a buff to doomfist because the biggest the biggest counters to him like got nerfed a little bit it's true um so that'll be so, interesting, i think that means we're just gonna see a lot of chips the next weekend yeah that's that's what i'm seeing <laughs> it's finally gonna do it yep <clears throat> okay we got uh updates to the communication wheel which i am so excited for uh they aren't live yet they didn't go live with this uh cc stuff but uh they basically just added a bunch of new voice lines for the characters which is great um to add to your communication wheel a bunch of uh very bm stuff like straight up you could just make your hero say no um <laughs> or sorry um <laughs> But also some very useful stuff like let's go here. I think some countdown stuff. Uh, let's push. Let's go back. Stuff like that, uh, which yeah. is very fantastic. Very good update. Ever since like Apex Legends came out and had like an insane ping system, I think everyone was like, they need that in Overwatch, and this is definitely a way to add that. Um, Absolutely. So. Yeah, uh, lo- lots of uh, bug fixes on this patch as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere this is also supposed to be the anniversary event patch. Um, so presumably when it's anniversary event time is when this will go live. Um, trying to think. Uh, they they also shrunk Echo's head hitbox because there was a Reddit thing highlighting how big that really was and it was gigantic. <laughs> um, and you can reset the basketballs on the control dropships. <laughs> That's huge. That's a huge update. <laughs> That's there's a button now you can press 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 F to play basketball. That's great. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um Oh yes. The big Overwatch League um tournament announcement. Tournament announcement at the end of May. Um we're we're getting some nice uh, little tournaments. Um, there's a North America region tournament and a, uh, a Asia region tournament. Uh, seven teams in the Asia region and then the other 13 teams in the North American region, which implies to me that Vancouver will be playing in one of these tournaments, Joe. So we're going to be seeing Vancouver soon, <laughs> at least, because uh, we're seeing all 20 teams in these uh matches here uh, did van is vancouver playing in any of these matches yeah they're playing washington in week 14 yep, and, and florida, florida. <laughs> so we get to see and, we... and philly and houston nice um yeah so we get to see them again so they're not in complete shambles here clearly um <laughs> but yeah where'd it go okay here we go uh but basically yeah we're doing tournaments based off the regions if you didn't also hear they're gonna start uh having teams on the west coast in north america play teams in the east coast so we don't have to see san francisco shock versus la valiant again for like the fifth (laughs) time um so but we i mean the the ironic part about that is we do get to see boston versus florida again right away and philly versus paris despite them changing this up um but yeah we get to see actual west coast teams play against east coast teams which is nice 
which means we also get this uh, nice little bracket between all the North American teams. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll have those two regions. The seeding will be based off of um, how they do in games starting this week. Uh, so the rest of the season doesn't matter towards their seeding. Just uh, the games starting this week up until when this tournament starts, which is the weekend of May 22nd. Um, and the most interesting part about this tournament, I think there's a lot of details. You can go on the Overwatch League website to see them all. I don't think we'll go over all of the details here. But uh, the most interesting part of this tournament is that Joe pointed out to me is the winner uh, of each tournament gets three wins added onto their record. Second place gets two wins, and then the third and fourth place teams get one win. Uh, so this was a way to, like, I think the biggest complaint about stage playoffs and stage championships was they didn't matter towards the season at all. So this was a way to combat that, I guess. Um, which, at first, I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, but now I've kind of grown on it because I think it makes sense to me because it's like, well... The winner is going to like play at least three games anyways, so uh, they'll probably win three games if they play this tournament. Um, only if you're like the one seed in the Asia region will you only play two games if you win at all. So, um, How about you, Joe? Have your thoughts evolved on this at all since we last talked? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess just my, my point was going to be that uh, if, if these were added as an, an effort to... Uh, try to even out some of the teams in terms of like matches played. Um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because, um, just in general, because the Atlantic Division's been playing basically uninterrupted. Um, but more specifically, because you'll have a team like uh, Philly probably, um, Shock will be up there too. Uh, uh, but in the the North American tournament, that is likely going to do really well. Um, and, and you know to have those, those extra wins on top you know um, it's, can 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 contribute more to, to stratifying uh, more of these teams than anything which I guess is is fine but it's it's not you know if your intent was just to try to uh, throw it away that to, for some of these teams to make up uh, make up some matches and then if they don't get them that's uh, you know potentially uh, missing the point right but but, but yeah i do like the logic about um you know just trying to make it mean something for the season which is true and i mean um considering how weird this season has been you know that's to have as much <laughs> as much meaning to some of these matches it's um definitely going to be valuable um, yeah but the other the other important thing about these uh tournament matches is that there are no hero pools for them uh, yes. or no, no hero bands i should say um so that's significant as well Yes. Um, another significant thing is like the higher seed or the seeds like picking who they want to play, basically. Um, so it's not really. So that'll make me and Joe's predictions very hard, obviously. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the seeds uh, basically get to get to pick. I, I don't think that um, applies for. Um, does it apply for. Uh, I don't think it applies for like semifinals or anything like that. Like the winners just play each other at that point. But anytime there's like a buy in the tournament, it applies. So like, yeah, yeah. It, you, you'll see on the graphics it'll say, "Hey, 
these people are going to to be that's it'll say to be selected um under it if if the seed is going to choose who they want to play um but yeah that's also very interesting i think at the end like this it seems like they're taking this opportunity of covid and not traveling to like experiment with a bunch of different things this season which might be the reason why viewership's low might be the reason why people aren't paying attention because things are so weird and crazy and things are changing every week and some of the teams weren't playing for a while like it's just such a weird season and they're they're fully embracing it now i think i think they're just like let's just try let's just throw everything at the wall and see what works best um which makes it feel makes makes me feel kind of bad as a viewer because i'm like uh, it seems like they're just trying something and this season doesn't matter anymore uh, but it, it could be interesting if this works out. It seems like it's the tournament giving wins wasn't as well thought out as it should have been. I'm not sure. Like it, it just seems three wins is a lot, you know, it, like it could be a, it'll have a huge impact. If one of the top teams, if Philly wins and gets three wins, then like that's, that's huge for them. They're all of a sudden like way ahead of everybody. Like that almost guarantees they get like first in Atlantic and then, if some but it also could have a big impact if someone at like the mid table ends up winning then that's huge for them they they're all of a sudden like near the top of the standings because they just randomly gained three wins there um could have less impact than i think because other people are being rewarded wins but yeah i'm interested to see how this works out it seems like if it goes well they want to do one every month is what they said so could be interesting um and a new map pool starts week 14 as well uh which is which is nice i want paris to get out of the map pool i don't like this <laughs> yeah give them the opportunity to do their rework maybe although i guess they're probably not doing tons of map Re- reworking the, yeah while, if the rework uh, if the rework <laughs> rework comes i think it'll be an overwatch too yeah uh, so okay that's a lot of things. Um, lots of things. Jeez, we missed a lot. Uh, but week 13 <laughs> is happening, and it is the week of Echo, Joe. Echo is finally here. She is unbanned. Uh, but as far as bands go, if you missed it, Mid- Widow and McCree once again band together. They're just, they love being banned together. They're a package deal, apparently. Um, Ash loves it. Ash is like, yes, I, I will be the only hit scan again. Um, Mercy and Wrecking Ball gone as well. Chengdu, of course, in shambles after the Wrecking Ball. They also play a lot of Mercy on Chengdu, I feel like. So they're just not liking it at all. Um, and I guess Echo won't have a pocket Mercy. Um, but we've, we've got some good matches to pick this week, starting off with uh, New York Excelsior Shanghai Dragons. I think you're still in the lead, Joe. So you have to pick first. Of course, Shanghai has been 3-0 like crazy, looking like one of the most dominant teams in this league. But New York came to Asia and they said, oh, we're, we're, we can be pretty dominant here too, Shanghai. But now they have to face each other. Uh, I think everyone's still favoring Shanghai here. As maybe some people are favoring New York. Uh, but it's for sure going to be a close one. Joe, who do you think is going to win? Yeah, the score is uh, a 25 to 24 right now out of 39. Uh, so we're 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 definitely pushing up up above fifty uh, percent, but yeah, still still slightly ahead in the score. But yeah, looking <laughs> at New York v Shanghai, I mean, this is going to be, uh, I think it's fair to say, other than 
I guess, Seoul last week. Uh, this will be Chang- or Shanghai's hardest match um, they've had uh, this season so far. Uh, they, yeah, so in terms of, you know, trying to test them to see where actually they land in this season, this is going to be a really big one. Um, really big one for Shanghai. I think um, I'm still going to go ahead and pick them uh, going into this match, but um, you're right, we got several good ones. Um, and this scrolling through quickly uh this may be the yeah the best match that we have uh all week uh yeah, yeah i agree s- super early in the morning on saturday yeah i think this is the best match of the week definitely watch this one uh i'm also going shanghai though i like i said earlier i do think shanghai is the best team in the league right now i think they're the team to beat so i'm going shanghai to win this one uh, we're getting we're getting to pick some Atlantic vs. Pacific matches, which is very nice. Uh, the LA Valiant is facing off against the Atlanta Reign this week, uh, which is an interesting matchup because we I didn't think I was going to have to think about that um, for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, LA Valiant, Atlanta Reign, LA Valiant's been doing all right in the Pacific Division. They've, of course, upset San Francisco Shock, but they've lost some matches here in a row. It feels like they haven't won in a while. Uh, lost a close battle for LA. They're two and six overall, uh, but Atlanta Rain not doing as well as we thought they would either this season. Uh, so it's kind of kind of a battle between two struggling teams. Joe, who do you think will come out on top though? Uh, so I'm giving this one to Atlanta. Actually, I'm gonna uh, go with our with our Atlantic team over the Pacific team, uh, despite how we've. Uh, we, we've talked in the past about the Pacific uh, Division, probably a little bit uh, more competitive in terms of like uh, the actual like power power ratings of the teams there. But uh, but Atlanta's looked really nice. Uh, obviously, some some losses recently to Philly. Um, I I don't know who else they played recently, but uh, losing most recently to Philly. Uh, but but I think it's going to be a good match. I mean, we got. Uh, Really strong DPS, um, in particular for for the LA Valiant. Uh, but uh, you know when you put them up against uh, you know like Baby Bay and Erster and and those kinds of people, I mean it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be another another solid match. Um, but yeah, I think the edge I'm, I'm giving to Atlanta here. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go LA Valiant. I think this will be a close one. I'm just gonna go with the LA Valiant here. I think Atlanta. It feels like a different Atlanta shows up every week. I don't know if they're good or not still. it's They've played seven games at this point, but I'm just like, I think they're okay. I think they're good. I don't know. Um, I do know Valiant is better than we thought they were. They're facing some hard teams. Of course, we got a little preview of Atlanta versus Pacific last week with Houston versus Dallas. And um, Atlantic is definitely closer than we thought to the Pacific. So I, I, do, think, I do think Atlanta is a pretty high favorite in this game but i'm gonna go valiant because i i think they could pull off the upset um speaking of high favorites i think san francisco shock is a very high favorite in this next game versus the houston outlaws houston of course almost beating dallas fuel the team that almost beat san francisco shock Uh, but san francisco missing sinatra this week of course sinatra hasn't been playing that much this year anyway but um or specifically recently and i'm guessing it was for the reason that he uh, got it to Valorant, but um, yeah, uh, San Francisco Shock losing one of their best players, P- 
personally, I I know we did, we didn't even talk about how this how we think it's going to affect San Francisco, Joe. We talked more about how it's going to affect the league, uh, but I, mean, I guess you can you can talk about how you think it's going to affect them alongside your pick in this match. Yeah, I mean, how's it going to affect San Francisco? Uh, not much. I, just, <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. In terms of the team, I mean, you know, this is a team that. Um, when lots of teams came into Overwatch League Season 3, like, stacked DPS line, this was, like, the team that had the most redundancies and the most, uh, you know, by extension, flexibility. Uh, that, yeah, Sinatra didn't have to play um, nearly as much as he did uh, in Season 2, you know, for these these first several matches. I mean, we're almost halfway through the season now, but these first several matches of the league for, for San Francisco... Um, because you have Striker, because you have Ants, uh, I guess is how they're pronouncing it, because you have uh, people like Architects, who's you know shown himself to be super flexible. But um, but yeah, I think they're absolutely going to be able to you know sort of cover for that hole. Uh, but uh, then yeah, also uh, specifically take this match um, over Houston. Yeah, I'm calling it for uh, San Francisco still. Yeah, definitely think San Francisco's going to win this game. I. Yeah, I don't think Sinatra leaving is going to affect them too much, apparently. I mean, according to his stream, Sinatra wasn't doing that well this year anyway in scrims and just didn't have the passion anymore. So, it, yeah, I, I feel like San Francisco is just going to get get better as the season goes on here um, as they as they start to uh, game plan around not having Sinatra, which I feel like they already have started that, um, really. Um, so, yeah, San Francisco is good here. This is also like kind of a grudge match type thing because Harsha um, before he was on Vancouver was like an analyst for San Francisco so um, facing one of his old teams and uh, our last game is Philly versus Paris which we have predicted so many times this season <laughs> that we th- we thought hey we should just predict it one more time <laughs> for for old times sake uh, who's, who's going to win this one Joe? Yeah, this will be their their third meeting. Uh, uh, Paris uh, took it three two over Philly in week five. Uh, then Philly returned the favor, uh, winning in five maps in week ten. Uh, now week thirteen, they're coming back again. Um, and I, I'm going. I think I probably picked Philly every single time. Uh, that's that's not going to change. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, the, the the history of the matchup, particularly this season, has been close. But uh, but but I think like we've sort of mentioned you know paris uh looking a little bit weak right now uh, partly in terms of their roster but uh also with um uh, some recent losses which i want to try to highlight uh once i can get this pulled up but um but yeah and then philly looking really nice i think um uh, uh bringing echo out this week which we haven't really talked about in, in the context of these matches uh, but bringing echo out this week um, is hopefully going to look good for Philly, uh, who again have uh, Carpe, EQO, Ivy, uh, Hisu, uh, all four of them on DPS. You know, surely somebody's, uh, maybe Chips has found the time to master Echo <laughs> in the last two weeks. <laughs> it's uh, got to be him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Paris uh, on a two-match loss streak now against, against Philly and, of course, getting shut out by Florida uh, in week 11. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm picking Philly here. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, it can uh, give us a good, you know, exciting match. Maybe we get another five maps. Yeah, uh, I'm picking Philly too. My Paris stonks are down currently because of XC's departure. Maybe if Sparkle comes on, uh, they'll rise again. But for now, 
Uh, for now, I think Philly's going to win. Of course, Philly almost lost when they – Paris did not have XZ when they were playing them two weeks ago. So uh, it was still a close match without XZ. So still probably going to be close this time too, but I'm going to go Philly. Uh, I think Philly wins this one. Uh, but, yeah, we got one different pick this week. Maybe I finally tie it up, Joe. We'll see. There you go. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to watch Echo this week. Um Anything else to say before we sign off? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, lots of echo. I mean, that's, that's gonna be it's gonna be a big change to the game. I think. Um, I agree. Just gotta see how she ends up getting used. Yeah, I will be very sad if she's just not used at all. <laughs> that would suck. Um, but I hope she's used. Um, even with the bands, it seems like. There's no hit scan to counter her, so she'll be good in this meta, too. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, my personal Twitter account is at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. Our show has a Twitter. It's at OnTheFlankShow. You can follow us there. You can tweet at us or email us on theflankshow at gmail.com. If you have any corrections, any questions, any topics you'd like us to talk about, um, you'll listen to this one way. If you want to listen to it a different way, go to on hyphen the flank hyphen flank.podcast.co my personal youtube channel that's john george itunes apple podcast spotify and google play also a quick announcement i am streaming every single day until the quarantine ends on <laughs> twitch.tv slash john underscore george um i've been streaming some valorant probably gonna stream some overwatch probably gonna stream some tft gonna stream some jackbox games so just join i'll I'm streaming tons of things You're pulling a sinatra yeah, I'm pulling a Sinatra. Yeah, switch it to Valorant. I'm not that great at Valorant, but um, uh, it is a fun game. I enjoy it. Uh, I, that doesn't mean I still don't enjoy the heck out of Overwatch. I was just playing it before this podcast, actually. So, um, yeah, go check check me out there and uh, enjoy Echo this week. <laughs>